series called The Greatest Show. So we're talking about some really big things that God did in the Bible because when we see that God has done big things in the Bible, it stirs our faith to know and to believe and reach for God doing big things right now because God's miracles were not just for the Bible, but they were for your life today. So tonight, the cooks aren't here. I named this series or this message in honor of their dad. It's called Consuming Fire. Has anybody been in this church long enough to remember that song? It's got like a real... I don't know, like a like a early 90s kind of R&B vibe. I don't know. I should have brought it and played it for you guys. But tonight's message is called Consuming Fire. And the very first thing before I want to even read our story for tonight is I want us to look at Hebrews chapter 12. And I'm going to spit my gum out because I feel like I'm going to be loud and you guys are at risk for my gum flying at your face. So <laughs> that would be a first, not trying to have that happen tonight. But let's look at Hebrews Chapter 12, verse 28 and 29, it says, Do you see what we've got, an unshakable kingdom? And do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship, deeply reverent before God. For he is not an indifferent bystander. He's actively cleaning house, torching all that needs to burn, and he won't quit until it's all cleansed. For God himself is fire. Now, how many of you guys have the flame emoji in your top like emojis that you use? I have it there all the time because I'm always saying something is fire. So we're going to talk tonight about the fire of God because here's an issue that I see. In this verse, it says we need to be thankful and not only thankful, but also brimming with worship and deeply reverent before God. So tonight's going to be a heart check message. Are you ready? Because many times I think we love God You know, we are for God. We can say God is good. God loves me. His mercy is new every day. His grace is sufficient. And all those things are true. But we're missing being deeply reverent before God. And we have settled for a relaxed version of what he's really designed for us. We have settled maybe for religion rather than a relationship. Because it's fine to come to church. I like coming and hearing God loves me, right? I like coming and hearing God is for me, right? I don't want to come in here that I need to live right. Because here's the point. God does love you. Nothing will change that. He is always for you. His mercy is new every day. So I'm not changing my salvation. I can't touch that. But here's what I can do. We're going to look at this tonight. God has called you, right? Every single one of you has a calling and a plan. Nothing can change that either. However, if I'm not reverent before God and I'm not living right, I'll never walk in that. So although God loves me, my life will be hard because I've chosen to keep sin. Although God loves me, I'm never going to help anyone else because how can I help them when I'm a sinking ship? right? How can I help you be free if I'm depressed every day? How can I help you be free if I'm dealing with anxiety every day? So the issue is not about making God happy with our behavior, but rather qualifying ourselves for what he's got for us. So that's what I want to look at tonight. And for the the main part of this message and the story tonight, let's look at Exodus. It's in chapter 4. And we're going to talk about Moses. And the story that I'm going to read tonight is found in one of my all-time favorite movies with the all-time greatest soundtracks called The Prince of Egypt. Anybody seen it? Earlier this week, (laughs) I was listening to Deliver Us. (laughs) 
And I had like tears in my eyes. It was very dramatic. It's a powerful soundtrack. 10 out of 10 would recommend. So give it a listen. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google the Prince of Egypt soundtrack. It's not quite as good as the Tarzan soundtrack, but it's like up there. And not quite as good as the Lion King soundtrack either. But do you want me to say it? It's better than the Greatest Showman soundtrack. Fight me on that. I'm just, I'm just saying. It just is. I don't know. It just is. Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey. I mean, were they in The Greatest Showman? No. No, sit down, Zendaya. No. So, all right. I digress. I like Zendaya too, but I like Whitney more. Exodus chapter 4. So I'm going to set it up for you guys before we get here. So we're going to kind of move in. Moses is an adult. We're going to start taking a look at his life once he was already living in the desert, right? So he went from being a prince in Egypt to being like a sheep farmer. But honestly, he's fine with it because he's with his people. He's got a wife. You know, it's all good. So one day, he's out dealing with the sheep. Now, this part wasn't in the Bible, but it was in the movie, so I'm going to say it. One of the sheep runs away, runs into this little cave. So Moses goes to follow that sheep, and the Bible says that Moses sees a bush, and God has sent an angel to be a fire on that bush. Moses sees a burning bush, right? A bush that's on fire. I've never seen anything like that, never even seen a forest fire. But you guys can picture it. We've seen it on TV, right? There's a bush. It's on fire. But the weird thing is, it's not burning up. You know, you can tell when stuff's been burned or when it is burning. So this bush is on fire, but it's not being consumed and it's not being burnt up. So when Moses goes to look a little closer, God speaks to him out of the bush. And he says, Moses, it's time for you to go back to Egypt. It's time for you to go set the slaves free. It's time for you to go free your people. That's a big assignment and a big calling. And here's how Moses responded. And I want you to think about yourself tonight because I think many times we respond the way that he did. And it says, Moses pleaded with the Lord, Oh, Lord, I'm not very good with my words. I never have been. I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. But the Lord answered Moses and asked him, said, who makes a person's mouth and who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? And then the next verse, he says, go and do as I told you. And he continues to talk to him. But I want to look at how Moses responded. So we see first that Moses was called. He was given a calling. And every single one of you in this room have been given a calling. You don't have to have God speak to you out of a bush or like an angel show up or anything. You are called. You are designed to help people. You are designed to spread God's love. You are designed to be the hands and feet of Jesus here on the earth. But I think many times we respond like Moses did and we respond with an excuse. He said, God, I can't. I'm going to look like a fool. I can't speak. I'm not good at that. I'm not good enough to go talk to those people. And what did God say? I made you. Don't you know that I know that? Don't you know that I know what your flaws are? Don't you know what, that I know what you think is hard? Don't you know that I created you and I'm telling you what you're called to do? So don't tell me you can't do it. I made you to do it. So what are you made to do? What are you made to do? Don't ever give an excuse. You know, sometimes I think our excuses look a little bit different. So I want to ask you tonight, you ready? What excuses are you making? You know, what excuses are you making for the things that you watch? What excuses are you making for the people you date? 
What excuses are you making for the words that you say and the the times that you cuss and you think it's not a big deal? What excuses are we making? A lot of times, I don't think maybe we're saying, you know, God, I can't do it. Because to know you're called is exciting, right? It's exciting. You know, everybody wants to be called. Everybody wants to be special. So to know that you are is fun. But I think that we don't always want to do what's required, to walk in that, you know, maybe we're not saying, God, I can't do it, but maybe we're saying, God, this isn't a big deal. I can still do what you've called me to do and do this. It's not a big deal. You know, it's not a big deal, but listen, if it's anything (laughs) that is clouding your ability to hear from God, to move with God's anointing or to walk in his power, it is a big deal. So I want to ask you tonight, what are your excuses? Because being called is not enough. Every single person on this planet is called. Everybody's called. It's not enough. To be anointed is not enough. It is not enough. I can be anointed all day, but if I don't live right, I will never walk in that anointing, and I will walk as one who is not anointed. The Bible says that um, about one of the kings, you know, uh, I believe it was King Solomon. He was the wisest man in the world, but he got into sin, and he died as one who had never been anointed by God, the Bible says. So you can go to that level. You can lose your anointing. You cannot lose God's love for you, but you can lose the anointing. You can lose his power in your life. So that's why I want to take a look tonight and say, what are we making excuses for? Because all of this is up in your face all the time, right? Offensive things don't even catch us off guard anymore because we see them so much, right? We're not even put off by that. We're not even like, oh, that's terrible because we see it 24-7 every day. And the world is saying it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal how you talk. It's not a big deal who you date. It's not a big deal what movies you watch. It's not a big deal what you listen to. That's a lie from the devil. You've got to realize what is going on in our culture (laughs) is not from God, right? It's not from God. Let's not be duped and say like, oh, well, you know, it's fine. Times have changed. Church has changed. You know, it's okay now. We don't have to be legalistic. And we don't. But there are some things that the Bible is very black and white about. And it says, I will not let any profanity come out of my mouth. I will not watch things that are inappropriate. I will not have sex before I'm married. I will not fool around with sin. I will not look like the world. Don't be conformed to the ways of the world, he tells us. So don't fall for it. It's in our face all the time. And people are saying it's normal, right? That's like the buzzword right now. This is normal. This kind of gender fluidity is normal. You know, this is normal. I don't like labels. I don't like rules. I don't like to be confined. Let's stay within the guards that God has given us because it matters. Being anointed and being called is not enough. And if you want to walk in that anointing and you want to walk in that calling, you will have to walk according to God's standards. The Bible tells us to walk worthy of our calling. Walk worthy of what we've been called to. So what's implied is that if I do not walk worthy, then I won't walk in that call. And it's not worth it. You know, and so God did use Moses to do a big thing. And and Moses did end up obeying God. But, you know, he responded with excuses. So I just want to encourage you tonight to take a look at your life and say, what am I making excuses for? And this is me too. What kind of offenses am I making excuses for? You know, 
What kind of hurt feelings am I making excuses for that's making me be mad at somebody and hindering things that are going on at church because it does, whether you think it does or not. What you're doing at home on Friday night affects what goes on here at Wednesday night. Every single one of us, right? What I did last night matters. I'm not going to watch some stuff. Listen, I will not watch some things that I know other people are watching because I care about you guys. It's not about me, and it shouldn't be about you. We are all called to reach people, and I don't want this TV show that I'm just watching for fun because everybody's watching it to taint my ability to get up here and let God speak through me. What are you doing that is hindering God speaking through you? Because if you're filling yourself up with junk, God is not going to come out your mouth when you speak. When you go to help that person at school— your words aren't going to be there. The Holy Ghost isn't going to be able to help you because you've been putting in the wrong things. And you know, sin is not just a list of of bad things. I don't like that way of thinking of it. Sin isn't bad things. Sin is, you know, the name that we give things that just hinder our ability to hear from God. And that's why things are sometimes a little bit different for people. You know, some people can watch things and not be grieved by it. And maybe I watch it and it bothers me and I can't watch that. And I'm just feeling that, you know, it's because sin is not just this list of things. Sin is a group of things that are going to keep me from hearing God, and it's just not worth it. I want to be able to help people, and I'm not willing to sacrifice that just for entertainment or just for a relationship. I'm not going to do it because I don't want to show up with excuses when God calls me. You know, I don't want to justify my sin and think that I'm like, you know, sister called over here, and God's sitting up laughing at me because I'm not able to walk in any of it. You know, I'm thinking I'm something because I got a word at summer camp, but then I'm living my life like, trash and thinking that God is showing up. He's not. He's not. (laughs) And he's not able to. So we've got to walk worthy of our calling. So I want to give you guys just a couple points about fire tonight, because throughout the Bible, you know, we read that verse that says, Our God is a consuming fire. Um, There's instances in the Bible that God answered people by fire. He led his people by fire. God shows up as fire a lot in the Bible. And a couple of things to note about fire, and the first is that fire is consuming, right? Fire takes over whatever it has attached itself to. It's consuming. It's all-encompassing. That's why when a forest fire is going, it's so hard for them to put it out, and they have to wait weeks and weeks and sometimes months. You can't stop it. And when we look at the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that Amzi went over with us a couple weeks ago, you know, they were thrown into the fire, But because they were consumed with God's way of living, they were unable to be consumed by the fire. So the thing that was sent to kill them couldn't touch them because they were consumed with the right thing. So when you're consumed with the fire of God, the things the enemy sends into your life cannot touch you. The things that are sent to take you out and to hold you back and to make your life miserable, they cannot affect you because of who you are consumed with. And I'm fully convinced that if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego hadn't lived the way that they lived, they would have been burned up in the fire. You know, they were doing things that seemed like they weren't a big deal. For instance, the food that was provided for them at the palace, they wouldn't eat. Now, if we think about that, it'd be easy to say it's just food. Like, you can love God and eat that, right? 
God still loves you. It's just food. It's not a big deal. But no, they knew what God had told them, and they had been raised to honor God. So they said, we're not going to defile ourselves with that. We're not going to touch that food. To everyone else, that probably seemed like a really weird thing. So don't be alarmed when people at school think you're weird because you're not doing what they're doing. Right? They're going to say it's not a big deal because to them it doesn't seem like a big deal. But listen, they don't know what you know, so stop living like they're living and knowing what you're knowing. Know that you are living this way for a reason, and your life is dedicated to God. And because of that, he's going to be able to move through you and use you and protect you just like he protected those boys in the furnace. They were so consumed with what God had for them that they could not be consumed by what the enemy sent. So fire is consuming The next thing I want to note is that fire is contagious. This one's going to hurt a little. You ready? What's the issue with fire? If one tree catches on fire, it's going to the next tree. So listen, if people around you are not catching the fire of God, it might be because you're not on fire. Right? Fire is contagious. You can see it. You can smell it. You can hear it. You can tell it's been there. So if people can't see God in your life and smell God in your life and tell God has been in your life, I would question how much he's in your life. Does he love you? Yes. But are you walking in what he has for you? Because fire is contagious. So if you are not encouraging other people to live right, you're probably not on fire. We need to be on fire. Fire is consuming, but fire is contagious. It spreads. It doesn't just stay with me. It gets on the person next to me, and it gets on the person next to them. And suddenly, we're all in flames because fire is contagious. So are you around people who are setting you on fire? And are you a friend who's setting people on fire, right? Are you a wet stick or are you a torch? Don't be a wet stick. Be a torch. Fire is contagious. You can't keep it in. You know, you can tell who's on fire because they're the people who are wild during worship. You know, those aren't just like the crazy church people. Those are the people that are on fire because fire is contagious. You can't contain it. I can't stand here and worship like this and say that I'm on fire, right? It doesn't look like I'm alive. You can't contain fire. You can't box it up. So if somebody seems like they're not happy to be here, they're probably not on fire, right? Fire is contagious. Fire is visible. Fire is consuming. And fire sets the stage for new growth. Because listen, we have all been guilty of letting things grow in our lives that we shouldn't. You know, every, every decision we make, everything we do is a seed that's planted in our life, right? The Bible compares our heart to a garden and our life to a garden. Every decision I make is a seed. Everything I do, I'm planting, I'm planting, I'm planting. And you know, that stuff doesn't always come up overnight, right? If I went out and planted an apple tree, it's not going to be here tomorrow. If I went out and tried to get an apple tomorrow, everyone would laugh at me because it takes time, right? And it's the same way with sin. It takes time. That's why it's fun at first. And you can do it at first and not feel that bad. And you can do it at first and really not have a lot of consequences because it really hasn't started to grow yet. But after a while, that stuff's going to poke through the soil and it's going to come up. And we've all been guilty of letting wrong things grow in our lives and offenses stay in our lives and grow and wrong relationships stay in our lives and grow. But listen to me, fire sets the stage for new growth. Why? It takes everything down to the ground. 
Fire brings everything down. So if there are things that are growing in your life that shouldn't be, don't be overwhelmed by thinking like, I got to get all these things out of my life. How am I going to do this? I'm so overwhelmed. No, the fire of God will take care of it and bring those things to the ground. And when those things come down, now the soil is ready to grow new things. And as I make good decisions, I'm planting good things in my life. And you know what? Sometimes it takes us a while to get into messes in our life, right? Like I was saying, it's kind of fun at first. It maybe isn't that big a deal at first. But six months down the road, a year down the road, this thing has taken over my life. That didn't happen overnight. And in the same way, your good decisions aren't, aren't always going to show up overnight. I might be doing what's right. I might be praying. I might be reading my Bible. But I might still feel depressed. And I might be praying. And I might be inviting people to church. And I might be coming on Sundays. But I might still feel anxious. Listen, those things are growing. They will grow. They may not show up overnight, but your good decisions will grow just like your bad decisions. So if you need things burned out of your life, the fire of God will take care of it. It'll bring those weeds to the ground so that you can plant strong things in your life. You can bring up new growth. You can make good decisions to do that. And let's take a look tonight at 1 Timothy chapter 4, because the point I want to drive home is that it's so worth it. My goodness, it's so worth it. In 1 Timothy, it says, don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, hello, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Until I get their focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers, and teaching them. And verse 14 says, Do not neglect the spiritual gift you've received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. And here's the main point. Keep a close watch on how you live and your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. And this is why it's so worth it because it's not about you. It's not about you. You know, I love looking at the story of Jesus' birth and looking at Mary because in that moment when the angel came and told her, you know, you're going to have a son, you're going to name him Jesus, you know, she's realizing that her life is going to be changed in a dramatic way, and not only her life, but her reputation. You know, as a, a girl who fears God and a girl who's living right, no one's going to believe that after this happens. And she still chose to say yes. And because she said, yes, you and I are here today. She said yes to bringing God's son into this world. And now all of us are saved and here together. And what I want to point out is that her yes wasn't just about her. It wasn't just about blessing her life. There were other people on the other side of that yes. There were other people years down the road that needed Jesus and needed freedom and needed a rescue and salvation. And so just like Mary's yes, was attached to other people, so is yours. It is so, so worth it to live right. It will bring you peace, yes. It will bring you joy, yes. It will bless your life, yes. But even more than that, it's designed to allow you to help others, to reach into their life and rescue them and reach into their life and help them. So now you're not just living in peace, but everybody around you is living in peace. Your yes is about so much more than you, and it is worth it. It says, for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you, somebody needs to hear you. Somebody needs to hear you, and they need to hear you talk about Jesus, not talk about TV shows. And I'm not trying to be too, 
you know, hardcore, I watch TV too. I watch Shark Tank all the time. You guys know this. But, man, sometimes lately when I've been sitting down to watch TV and I think I'm just going to relax, God tells me, no, go pray. No, go read your Bible. And you know what? I don't always feel like doing it, but I know that it is worth it to do it because I care more about being able to help others than I care about being able to relax or whatever I think I need to do when I watch TV. You know, I care more about being able to help others than I do, you know, to get involved in a wrong relationship. Maybe it feels good. Maybe I like this person. Maybe I love this person. Maybe they make me really happy. But you know what? If that's not who God has called me to, it's not worth it. It's not worth it because it will hinder my ability to be able to help the people that I am called to. So somebody needs to hear you. Somebody needs to know you. You have got people that you need to help. You're called. And it is so, so worth it. So I want to do something a little bit different tonight. Um, I want to invite the worship team back up here, and I'm going to minister to you guys in a few minutes. But before I do that, I want to spend just a couple minutes in worship, and I want you guys to really talk to God, uh, really think, really open your heart, and let him speak to you because I believe God is speaking to every single one of us tonight about things that need to be burned out of our lives, right? You know, like I said, sometimes it can feel overwhelming, if you know you're not doing what's right or you're thinking, like, I have all these problems, I have all this stuff, listen, it's no big deal for God. God's fire can take care of that in an instant. And once you've got that taken care of, now new things can grow in your life, and now you can help others. So I want you guys to stand up tonight. And, Father, we're just so thankful for your presence right now. Father, we choose to spend time worshiping you, opening our heart to you, Father, praying. And we ask you to show us now, Father, what we need to correct in our life. I want you guys to just speak out of your own heart and out of your own words, talking to God tonight, bringing before him anything that you need to, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a bad attitude, a bad habit. Maybe you've just been lazy, you know. Maybe there's not anything major in your life, but you haven't been pursuing God like you should. Talk to him about that because I believe that he wants to move in every single one of our hearts tonight. So you guys are welcome to, to stay at your seat or come to the altar, and we're going to worship for just a few minutes, um, and then I'd love to minister.